Welcome back to Dungeons and Designers. This is the fourth and final episode of our campaign zero, session zero. Um, we've gone through each person's character creation. And like we said, there's a good chance before session one, these will change a little bit and alter um, as each player thinks about what they chose. But today is our final episode before we get to session one. And we're going to just do kind of like a session zero where we can each discuss um, what we liked a lot about the last campaign, what we kind of are looking forward to in the new campaign. And this will help determine um, not so much the story, but maybe the style of play. Um, the way we've designed campaign one or campaign two is that with all these different planets, we can, we can explore different types of gameplay. So what we want to kind of do today is talk about... Um, when you, each player thinks about D&D, &D, what, what are you guys looking for? And then we're all going to kind of understand that we're not always going to get that every session. But if I can keep that in mind and every player can keep that in mind, we can help interject moments that kind of make everybody max happy. So I guess what we could start with is um, we haven't played campaign one for quite a while now. But I think what I would love to hear is everyone, if everyone can share like one good thing or one bad thing or both that you left campaign one. And I think we can ignore the Tomb of Horror episode because that was different or Aztec's Castle episode. I got you. <laughs> uh, and the quest episode, right? Because those were like the two outliers. But out of the other main campaign one, like what stood out as a good thing and what stood out as something that you might want to see different? Um, I can start just so it takes off the pressure. Um, a good thing for me, I think we had um, a fun story that every episode something happened. But I also say that was a, a, a bad thing for me because it meant that I had to railroad you guys <laughs> into, I had to railroad you guys into something every episode. And I think especially towards the end, it felt like it was just going faster than the story could keep up. Um, and I think that's something I'm aware of now where like maybe something big doesn't have to happen every episode. Maybe there's time to breathe and time to explore regions. That's a good point. That's something I feel like um, I do a lot too is try to rush the story where we could be more comfortable with not having things planned and really explore the world that you created. Because I know I have a habit of just blasting through mm -hmm. and like you put all this work in these shops and various things. I'm following the character, but to create um, also like fleshed out enough characters so where we can explore that. Where are you up to, Zach? How many spots on that desert map did we not go to? Yeah. I think we went to three. Yeah, I think I think we probably had like five or six extras. And I didn't expect you guys to hit all those, right? Like, I wanted to make it so if you chose one, we could branch off in that direction. Um, and I'm kind of doing that again now. Like, there's enough to visit that you won't, in two years, we won't be able to visit at all. What I'm hoping is that there's enough where you guys can make decisions and then I can just react without panicking. <laughs> where instead it was like, I would just tell you guys where you were going to go. Like you made this decision, you're going to go here. And it was, it wasn't very free for you guys. As I a first, yeah, Sorry. as a, yeah. no, that's what I was saying to you as a first time, first time player. I appreciated it. I don't know how much it drove Dan crazy, but I was like, 
you know, it, it helped push me forward to get out of my headspace some. Like instead of having to make the big scary blank page decisions, mm-hmm. kind of going along with what made sense. It never felt like you grabbed my arm and pulled me in a certain way. It was like that made sense to go that way. Okay. So. Well, yeah, and I don't. Oh, I keep over talking. No, you go. You go. You go. I feel like um, closed stories can have a bad reputation, but there's a time and place for that too. Like it makes a better story and I want to make sure that the story is being told. So I think that that's been really good. At least I can already see it in the first episode that we were recording for this new campaign where it feels really organic and natural where sometimes it's closed and sometimes it's open. Yeah. And I think that's where we're we're trying. I think my goal is to empower you guys more um, because now you've got 20 so episodes under your belt. Um, you could start just making characters and be like, what would my character do as, as a role, as if you were an actor almost like, what would my character do in this situation? Any other thoughts from campaign one? I don't want to die anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But you didn't, right? Well, one soul in a box. Yeah. I guess nobody technically (laughs) died. Died. (laughs) Um, and I definitely realize how devious you can be, Will. <laughs> and Taylor, if you're listening. Oh, so that was Courtney's idea. And that, Courtney. That Courtney was just like, how cool would it be if Taylor was like actually bad? I was like, she's like, I think he could do it. I was like, sounds good to me. That sounds fun. <laughs> she texted me 10 minutes after the episode we got done recording. She was like, sorry about that. <laughs> like, are you okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think um, maybe that was a little heavy-handed, but that's the kind of thing I want players to be able to do, is I want the players to be able to influence the story in a a more powerful way. Um, And I think a lot of that's just giving you guys the the time to. Right. Like the collaboration we're doing, especially for this time around, like we're building the character with you and making Mm -hmm. sure everything interlocks together, but we don't know what each other is doing, but you know a lot more than you did the first campaign i think about us right i didn't know anything about you guys including names and that's something (laughs) that happened a few times in campaign one where like the guests would come by and be like hey what name did you choose and they would just be like keebler or red (laughs) i was just like we need (laughs) red red hand (laughs) (laughs) which i mean and those were like two of my favorite guests if i'm gonna be biased right because i know them in real life they're buds um yeah but I was just like, maybe we need to. And there was like time where like character sheets, like the players that came in with a character sheet that wasn't quite right. And like, I think this is good. That <laughs> Ew, one person came in, they were so broken. Like, right. And luckily they didn't like, I don't think they grasped how broken they accidentally made their person. And they did a couple things. I was like texting Will. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And it was, it was a loose game. Um, yeah, it was, it was just fun. Though. Just having fun with designers playing the dumb Dungeons and Dragons game. Um, but yeah, in this episode, like I'm making sure you guys know your characters enough. Um, and we're going to do character, the guests a little bit different. So that's a little bit more stabilized, <laughs> but I think there's still gonna be a lot of room for fun. To that point, you made a lot of effort to make sure that the way the guest is going to play out this time, it doesn't force us to speed up the story mm-hmm. too. So that'll be nice. Yeah, I think it will be 
I think it'll be smooth. I think we learned a lot on pacing last campaign, which I'm thankful for. Thankful that we, it wasn't just like, a, oh, that was terrible. We don't know what we're doing. It's like, <laughs> that wasn't as good as I wanted. And I, I think I know why. And I think you guys helped explain that too. Like you guys were always able to give me some feedback and that helped me kind of realize what was going on. And it's always difficult to like have a world that doesn't feel like one of those Disney boat rides where it just kind of mm. like is on a track and just goes or like where you think it's going to go one way. It's like, nope, you're not allowed. Nope, <laughs> go this way. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I just don't want the game to feel like it's a small world. <laughs> That's yeah. my number one goal on every document I write. Just like this can't be a small world. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's. Are you it's still having the nightmares about that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nightmares. No, no, it's a. Just a joke. Oh, okay. Okay. I was like, is this is this a deep seated? <laughs> the little the little dolls like just start from it's a small world, or just oh. inhabit his dreams for the last twenty years. It's rough. They didn't, but I think that was a that's a good point of. That is kind of what I did campaign one, right? That kind of felt like a boat ride, and you guys were able to interact with the mannequins around you or the maquettes around you. Um, Plenty can... to mess with your boat ride, though. I caught everything on fire. <laughs> That's true. There was many episodes of fire or shatter being disruptive. <laughs> um, I am glad that the other four characters I had made never saw the light of day. That's true. So the listeners probably don't know is that I was expecting to just kill your characters off like one an episode because you were like mm -hmm. tossable goblins, right? And they would just throw another goblin. Uh, after episode three, I realized you guys probably were not emotionally ready for me just to kill your characters every episode. <laughs> uh, so we pulled like that. you could. I could have. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting how I'll build out like a one-off character differently than I would mm -hmm. a long-term campaign. I think I've put a lot more thought into Peg or this new character um, in a good way. Yeah, I think I, you can agree or not. Um, for me, like my first early D&D characters, I didn't know what D&D was. Yeah. And after playing, uh, like you could write this huge backstory and then you realize after a few sessions, like that backstory really doesn't do anything. <laughs> and that mm -hmm. there, you could easily sum it up in like sentences that you know could relate to a game way more powerfully than what your grandfather did as a job like yeah and you you can use your energy more efficiently when making characters for sure mm -hmm. yeah like does something like that because you have a lot more experience in playing the different characters does something like that influence your decisions or the way you feel emotionally in a moment that you won't actually say like oh my grandfather did this i mean they could I think at a higher level of play, it should, and it would. Okay. Because, like, that's kind of when you get into, like, the more detailed orientation of, like, alignment and backstory and, like, okay, this is why I'm aligned this way, and this is why I make decisions this way. It doesn't mean it's, like, a hard-holding, you know, thing where I can't deviate from that whatsoever, but it influences the ways that I interact with stuff. So, like... <clears throat> You know, if I come, even just type of background you come from, if I come from an affluent background, I'm going to have a harder time interacting with like NPCs that are um, 
like peasants or, you know, I won't be able to actually understand for that perspective. So, but it's hard to like fully put yourself into a perspective from a different thing, especially like in a fantasy world, mm -hmm. different, like complete species possibly. Yes. <laughs> like, it's that nice middle ground with Finnick. I think I came up with him in like eight minutes. Mm -hmm. The name was the hardest part. The rest <laughs> of it just straightforward with Bean. I totally overdeveloped him. I had everything written out. I had a full background, what his parents did, <laughs> how he ended up on this island. I don't know if you remember that. It was just everything was developed. Yeah. But, and there was no character touchdowns. It was just that. And so now with this new character, I'm back in the middle. The backstory, I know, it, like Dan, you were just saying, there's the touch points like what level of affluent she is or where you know what i mean it's i think that nice middle ground is a better place to start from than either of the other two characters i played first yeah. season i think if we this this is called dungeons and designers so if we like take a look at ux personas and how we develop these kind of stories for our potential users it's, I think it's very similar to how you could make a character mm -hmm. where like you, you might not care about uh, someone's grandparents in a persona, but you might care about how much money they're making, where they live, how many kids do they have, because these are the things that are going to directly impact all of their big decision making. Or even how do they view themselves and how do they right. want to present to the rest of their team and then to their customers. And there's, of course, like we, we, we pretend uh, often that that's predictable, right? Like, oh, we understand them now. We understand what they're going to do. But there's always edge cases, right? So I think at a certain point, you should be able to like instinctively know what your character is going to do in a game. But that doesn't mean it's always going to be consistent and there's not going to always be these like little edge cases of like um, like Yola in campaign one slowly changing and becoming more like this sword art person, Um like in the beginning, I wouldn't, you wouldn't guess that, but like little decisions and edge cases will change things over time. Mm -hmm. And I think there's freedom, like, um, like alignment, like you're not stuck to being one alignment. Like you are going through things in, your, in this campaign in D and D that's bigger than anything we're going to go through in real life. Right. Like, yeah, we do not kill a dozen goblins in a day every day. <laughs> And it's like Tuesdays, right? <laughs> just Tuesdays. So, like, what does that do to your psyche over time? And I think that's a fair thing to justify changing how you act. It's like, oh wow, I'm seeing things for the first time I've never experienced before. Even, even just traveling, right? Like, if we travel to another country and you see how other people are living, and you come back to your hometown, you're like, oh wow, this is different. Like, this is not the only way you need to live, and it maybe changes your views on life. I mean, your D and D characters are doing that times ten, like every every session times ten. <laughs> Interesting thing with combat, at least, because exactly to your point, like I'm feeling those emotions and, mm -hmm. and comparing it to movies, and so impressed with those action characters who are like, "Oh, I'm just gonna slice this person," whereas I have more hesitation with that. <laughs> Or in a video game, I'm like, oh, this is just how it's set up. So mm -hmm. I'm going to like fight this guy. But right. actually feeling those feelings, there's it's a lot more complex in D&D. &D. Yeah, I think role-playing games remove the, 
the avatar that you can project on and like you're the avatar. So it's definitely a little bit more, um, if you're open to it, a little bit more emotionally connected. Yeah. Yeah. But it could also just be a video game for a lot of people. Uh, Fourth edition proves that that's what D&D wanted for a little bit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Fourth edition was like very much like a video game. And that's not saying it was bad. It was just different. And then 5e is bringing in more of that kind of um, emotional RP. Which I think combat, we can we can discuss that for a bit. So campaign one was a lot of combat, little role play. And I think a lot of that came down to just, I didn't have things for you guys to interact with. A couple towns there was, like I planned out like NPCs and we just kind of skipped over them, which is fine, right? Like that's D&D, things get skipped. It's not a bad thing. Um, but what are you guys thinking for campaign two? Um, what kind of gameplay do you want when it comes to like combat versus towns? I think, Dan, I think you shared when we were playing campaign one, one of your other games and how they run towns and like you'll have episodes in towns. Am I making this up? Uh, We do town, uh, most of our town work over like Discord when we're not playing. Mm. And maybe maybe that would be an interesting idea. Like maybe, maybe there's time for us to do some of this kind of RP town item management over discord in between sessions and then when we start a new session we just recap like what we did to so that you guys can have the ability to think through like what shops do i need so like when i'm like hey do you guys want to go to a shop and you're like what shops are there i'm like what are you looking for and you're like i don't know it's like well <laughs> we can like just list all shops if you want um <laughs> maybe that would be better handled through discord and recapped before we start another session yeah it could be fun have you guys played any other RPGs since we started? Zach, I know you played a bit of Quest, which is mm-hmm. that really cool, more like beginner-friendly RPG. Um, yeah. Most of those have been one-offs, though. So if there was any shop or town scenes, they happened immediately before the event. Sure. I guess uh, more than like the shops and stuff, even video games that you guys might be playing, are there things that you've experienced in this kind of gaming creative space that you think would be an interesting influence on our campaign too i have been tracking along with a co-worker who is currently playing monster of the week i never heard and um it's basically a gamified version of shows like buffy the vampire slayer or firefly (laughs) okay you know basically shows where there's a monster of the week you did or doctor who even, you know, you, you didn't see him last time. There's an overarching story, but this week you might find fight a new version of an alien or a new hell spawn that's been released on this small California town mm-hmm. kind of. And um, it's run on a powered by the apocalypse. Okay. Kind yeah. of rule set. You know, you have successes or failures based on how high you roll a D six. And, um, there's a lot of fun flavor in not necessarily classes or species or races, but in the roles that different people have for monster of the week. There's um, I don't remember what it's called, but there's basically the human mm-hmm. role, the person who has no powers, no special guidance, no cool gun shooting abilities or any, any, they're basically civilian <laughs> civilians that get dragged in with this group. Mm-hmm. Think like Xander from 
Buffy are um, who's the one from Avatar: The Last Airbender? Soka, mm-hmm. okay. the brother. Yeah, you know, good with the well, he was good with the boomerang, but they <laughs> still have abilities like being able to find duct tape sure. when the hero <laughs> may need it. Then there's the magic caster, the healer. So kind of having, and this comes from video games too, but having people in a party that also roles. have their roles. Yeah. Yeah. It's could interesting. Be a cool... I think, yeah, I think it's a super interesting way to look at it. Um, a weird thing we're doing is that I'm trying to keep all of your character information kind of secret from each other. So like when you introduce your character and we start playing session one and two, um, what would you tell somebody when you meet them? Right. And you, you probably wouldn't be like, if you were, um, if you were a bard, you might be like, I play instruments. Right. And you, you would explain all that, but you probably wouldn't be like, I'm a bard, but maybe like play those instruments, but like effects on people. Right. And like (laughs) bard out of all the most, right. Like, cause of the personality of normal bards, they might be the ones to be like, look what I can do. But I think there's other like classes, like the druid. Like when they first met someone, they probably wouldn't be like, I can also turn into animals. Did you know that? Right? Like, what would you tell somebody upon first meeting? And I think like name, and then they can see your appearance. And there might be like personality things that come out. Um, but you might not know how each other fits in a role right away, right? And I think that's gonna be interesting is how you guys find your roles. And I, I'm sure. I'm sure it will happen quick, but I think those first few episodes will be interesting just to see like how it's who rushes in first to, to combat or who's the first one to speak at the counter with a, a merchant. So fun. The mystery element. Cause it feels more organic and like relatable to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with it. So another thing that I've been reading a lot about and experiencing through Mandalorian um, is this idea like when you have a spaceship, you're you're able to go to different planets that feel totally different. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mandalorian's been really cool because like every episode feels quite different than the episode before, but there's a storyline pulling you through. D and D is obviously a combat simulator for the most part, but there's other things that happen in D and D that could be explored. Like um, Tomb of Horrors, there's very little combat, right? The, there is combat, but it's mostly puzzles. So, like, you have an entire session or two of just puzzle and exploring. Uh, but there's also mystery. There's political drama. There's, like, every type of aspect of media and TV that you could watch, you could experience through D&D. So, if we were going to say, like, combat's obviously going to be a big part of it. Like, what other type of gameplays would you guys be interested in exploring through the D&D experience? I definitely want a spooky murder mystery. Scooby Doo style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw this. I love- this is totally off topic. I'm sorry, Cordy. What's that? I saw I, it was someone in North Carolina, and they were doing like a stories Instagram thing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, uh, yeah. "It is getting <laughs> crazy out there. There were kids running around. There was a dog running around. Some kid tried to rip off an old person's mask. <laughs> and like as she was walking, she walked past the mystery mobile or van. <laughs> so she was just like explaining, but like in a COVID setting, it was like." really hilarious (laughs) that's amazing that makes me very happy i need to find that yeah but yeah i was gonna 
parallel what you're saying. I love the mysteries and because it, it kind of guides where we're going and it adds um, – it gives us some footholds for role play as well, mm-hmm. which is something that I probably – struggle with the most is just like getting into character and acting it takes a lot of courage or like knowing what to do next um and i like how clever we can be with a mystery or a puzzle Mm -hmm. and um that there's multiple ways we could potentially solve it and that it rewards cleverness yeah i think tomb of horrors was like a really fun example of your out of person out of character communication with each other could have been in character because you're just sitting there like frustrated over a puzzle talking to each other. Um, and that might help kind of this in person where you are just your player because you're not rolling dice. You're just trying to figure out how to beat this room. Yeah. And I, I think um, it's difficult a lot of times, like difficulty gauge on puzzles and mystery type things, mm-hmm. like from a writing perspective. Yeah. Because you have to make it like the balance of like actually solvable and not just like overtly obvious what's going you know it's a very difficult challenge for sure yeah that's was hard uh the episode you didn't dan you weren't for where as had got um possessed and i was like i'm just gonna do like this fun like word riddle thing and we'll see if it works out it could be too long i'll put like an extra one just in case it like courtney burnt through them it was like immediately (laughs) i was like what are these words and uh i can't remember who the guest was i think it was palavi Mm-hmm. And Palavi's first language isn't English. Um, she's from India. So she was like struggling a little bit with them. I think she had fun, but she was like struggling with them. And if it was just her, we would have never have gone through the episode. But like Courtney was just there, just like, oh, I know the I know what it is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Tomb of Horrors was the same thing where it was just like, these puzzles are hard. And there was definitely things that you guys missed in Tomb of Horrors because the puzzles were too hard. But it's like giving you a second attempt that might bring you through a different direction that gives you less payoff but like are there multiple ways to solve this and get out of it but it's Mm. not easy for sure uh yeah what was it uh tasha's cauldron of everything came out and there's a a, the back section's puzzles and uh uh, for the most part it was a big letdown because they're fairly boring it's just like use this key on this thing and then the the way to help you guys solve it if you can't is have you roll a die if you get more than 10 i just give you a hint (laughs) it was just like i don't know to what dan was saying like doing more than that would be very hard but doing less than that isn't enough like it just felt it fell flat pointless i guess you could incorporate into the story there was one arc of adventure zone where there was a puzzle and they went to this person who could give them hints, mm-hmm. but it was like she was reading their fortunes almost. Sure. And you could roll a die to figure out which hint she would give you. Um, but that was a tough one. They like replayed it over and over again until they got it right. Um, but those are rewarding for me, but I'm wondering what everybody else likes in d and I almost like the... Um... I think they did this in the old game Fables. If you couldn't figure out a puzzle, a side quest would come up, and then that would give you the hint mm. to come back and solve the main puzzle. And since we have more of a flexibility going into this one with less fixed story markers, maybe something like that could be worked in. But my brain keeps flittering more to genres than a certain play aspect. Sure. 
like you talked about Mandalorian, I really love, especially this season, the playfulness in genres. Like it almost goes back and forth each episode. Even Lovecraft Country recently did this, where like, um, well, with Mandalorian, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's the one where they get trapped in the ice cave. Mm -hmm. That's a horror episode. Sure, that's a scary episode. Feels totally different than the next episode. Then the next episode is a western. Right. And then it goes back to a spy um, incursion episode. Yeah. You got to get into this building, get the information, get out of the building. Then, you know, within that, there's even more like love stories sprinkled in and stuff like that. And I think that was kind so, of that's that's why I, I bring up the question is uh, with eventually you guys are going to start on a space station, but eventually you get off and then there's like entire uh, galaxy or entire solar system that you're within. And then there's a second solar system you can eventually go to if you can get a, a ship that can get you there. Um, but with that, we can kind of focus like if Courtney wants a mystery or a puzzle, like we're going to go to a planet and for three, four sessions, you're going to just experience like that kind of gameplay because that's what Courtney wants. And then Dan, if Dan wants like a combat game like you're gonna go to a planet when three or four episodes might just be combat like maybe you have to fight your way through something or um zach like you're saying like if a western or something like if you're like i really think like a cool um spaghetti western would be a nice change up like you'll go to a planet or you'll go to another space station and we can introduce that and i do i do want that (laughs) um and we'll just need to like i think this will be very easy Something they talk about with DMing, um, and when I say they, I mean people smarter than me in D&D, they talk about trying to focus on every player, every session. And, I, and though I think that's great for like a four or five hour session, we usually play for two hours at the most. And we do have the pressure of like telling a story to the people who are listening to this conversation. <laughs> um, so even if I can't focus on each of you every episode, I think if we can focus on each of you for a story block and then I think that'll be, that'll make for interesting listening and a consistent kind of fun, explorative story, hopefully. One thing I'm really hoping for, and this is a pipe dream and it really depends on everyone listening to this and people who listen going forward. Mm -hmm. I know that Will and Dan, you have aspects of the game on the Patreon so people can utilize it in theirs. Yep. I would love more than, anything mm-hmm. for those stories to bleed into our story. Yeah. If, if a character, if somebody who's on Patreon says, I found this on this planet and then that got mentioned or like something got blown up and it popped up on a newspaper or something in our game yeah. or even a new item or something like that, that immersive real universe would be, yeah, I think I read something like that on our Patreon was like, if you guys come up with items that you like or things that happen on plants that you like, like lore, like send it over. But what I'd be more excited to eventually, if some, if a party does play with this setting, is that our parties could like meet each other and we could do some kind of weird like nine person game with like another party and two DMs and do something like really mm-hmm. weird. Um, cool. But yeah, that would be yeah. episode. Yeah, but that would require like, listener engagement and that depends on you guys if you if you (laughs) listeners if you also like that idea you got to do it Mm -hmm. we can't make you do it but yeah i think legally we can't force you (laughs) um yeah so i think that like 
that covers kind of what what I was thinking about our game and how I'm setting it up so that each of you can have kind of your moments of joy. Um, but it will be dependent on you being vocal about those things and what you want and telling me so I can kind of list it out and be like, okay, um, I have in my head what we're doing on the station already. So like you're going to live in my joy. But then like once you get off the station, like who's going to get the first one? And there's a very good chance whoever gets the first one will be just the person who is like most vocal and telling me what they wanted, right? So like I think that's a good way for DMs to alter their game. If you're playing like a pre-made campaign, that's going to be very hard. Like you're kind of stuck doing what that campaign allows. But there's room, right? There's room... Um, if you can't change story, you could change how you tell a story and make it more comedic or more serious or um, like like uh, Strahd. That could be a dark gothic horror. But you could also tell it more like a um, Frankenstein uh, comedy. Young Frankenstein, yeah. Yeah. Um, Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> so, Werewolf. Um I really liked the, and I know we're getting kind of timey-wimey with this, but I liked the amount of role play Courtney and I were able to have in that first episode we've already recorded. Mm-hmm. That You hit that right on the head with that one. Yeah, and I think, I think we're, we're finding our pace, and mm-hmm. um, I think we're going to get there. I'm excited to see what Campaign 2 does, specifically with role playing and world building and storytelling. Um, this world that you two have come up with is incredible. Yeah, it's really rich. I'm hoping it doesn't unravel. Um, it was <laughs> we'll so see. so for yeah, we'll see. For <laughs> other DMs that are trying to do a homebrew setting, so my first campaign was totally from scratch, right? Like everything was taking kind of like D. What classes. was the breakdown on that? Like what you had prepared beforehand and mm-hmm. during the while we were recording how much i think i had every area planned out but no details it's like when you got to a section i just like planned the details for that the week before two weeks before um but what's been easier about this one is starting with what wizards has made first so like mm-hmm. i took what Faerun and toral and what dnd has been doing for decades and then destroyed it so that we could build upon it. And by building upon it, like I didn't come up with all those plans. Like those plans are there. I believe they were only explored in Spelljammer. And I don't know anything about Spelljammer. So I'm just kind of doing whatever I want to those planets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Spelljammer was like a, a second and third edition thing or first edition. I don't know. It was before I started playing D&D seriously. So I'm just doing whatever I want to these planets. But having like the details of the planet, like, uh, the water world, the desert world, like D and D established those already. You can find them on the Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, okay. So I've been pulling that, and I think for other DMs, like that's a really cool way of starting a homebrew setting is start with the building blocks that someone else has already made. Yeah, I mean, one, you know, it's just Lego building. It's, I mean, you're starting with those blocks, but you're still becoming your own, right? Mm-hmm. And players mm-hmm. will help alter that too right play players tell a story and change it on the fly mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know if you guys have any other like kind of final thoughts about um things to improve from campaign one things you hope to see in campaign two 
things that you loved about campaign one and want to see more of? I know we'll intrinsically have less meta gaming because I understand the game better than I did <laughs> a year ago. Yeah, yeah, it should be cool to kind of start fresh with you guys having a, you know, decently decent sized <laughs> campaign under your belt, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. thanks for your patience, Dan. I don't know what you're thinking. No, it's like, oh god. <laughs> I just like to play. That's yeah, fun. it's been it's fun as uh um have all the different guests. As an introvert, I uh don't. Well, I'll play a campaign with somebody. It's like the same people for like years. Mm-hmm. So having a new person mm-hmm. every week's been kind of weird at first, but it's fun. I think I've been blessed with a lot of really good guests too, which. Yeah. 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 So I think uh, for listeners. Everybody except Taylor has been wonderful. <laughs> um, <laughs> so for the listeners and for you guys, because you probably don't know. So session one will not have a guest. Session two will not have a guest. But session three, I've got, I'm talking to two people already. One I think is signed up, but I have a backup. So that will either be session three and four will be those two. And I'm very excited for who they are. Um, they're not penned in the calendar yet so i'm not going to spoil it but we'll have guests back hopefully every two weeks every session from three on and uh, back to the shyness thing that's been the biggest stumbling block for me too or you said introversion i'll call it shyness for myself but um i think i would love for my character to make more friends with npcs and just various people or guests that's kind of something that i'm saying as a goal for myself but it does take a lot of courage and like skills that my character has that I might not have has been an interesting thing in D&D for mm-hmm. me to navigate but um this is just a random uh tangent but I'm really excited for all the different planets that we can go and discover and I also kind of want to put into context when we get there like this is one city on the planet and the whole planet is oh, like yeah. this no not like Star Trek where like this whole planet's the right. same. There's not diversity of people here. So that's yeah. gonna, that's going to be like my struggles. Like how do I convince you guys to get off a planet that you haven't explored? Like you've explored like one tiny part of it. Be like, all right, guys, you spent uh, five days on this planet. Let's <laughs> let's get off. You're like, but there's yeah. a, there's another side. <laughs> You're like, mm-hmm. mm. What about these other towns? Yeah. yeah. I've been playing No Man's Sky for a while, long enough to just – Peace out of there, no matter how much cool stuff is. <laughs> I tried that yeah. game for a while. Uh, it's gotten a lot better if you haven't tried it in the last so year. So won the uh, okay. just won a big award. Yeah, it? maybe I'll have to awards, reinstall yeah. it. They beat out they, like a lot of big name games too. So nice. I know I played after like one of the first huge updates where they're like, we are fulfilling all the promises we broke the first time, and it was much better. It was like a fun, Good. but it was kind of just like. Kind of like Minecraft it's, for me. I have issues with Minecraft because I just don't. There's nothing to drive me to stay. Mm-hmm. Like if I want, it's wanna, twenty times bigger than it was last time. Big holes. Play. That's what you do with Minecraft, right? And I don't play with friends, so like that was you that's make the an hole issue. Bigger. <laughs> and then you build a house behind a waterfall. <laughs> yeah, no man's sky. Like, aren't there people? There's like politics now, and like people mm-hmm. colonizing, and yeah, right, people have made rave planets. All right. Well, you guys need to get computers. Uh, PCs specifically and play with mm-hmm. me then um, mm-hmm. I, I can be open like the games that I'm thinking about when planning this um, Destiny 2 has been a huge inspiration for me of mixing fantasy and sci-fi and yeah. just beautiful storytelling and worlds that feel individual 
Um, there's another game called Elite Dangerous, which is just like a space simulator. Um, it's just really nerdy. Like when you're tra- when you're traveling past the sun, if you're too close, it will pull you in, and will use your fuel to get out. So then you're just kind of suspended in space. Like, oh snap! Really nerdy uh, things that we probably won't do that deep. But I think like this idea of space travel isn't just going from planet to planet, right? Like there's a void in between that you are trying to travel. Um, there will probably be episodes of you guys just in your ship traveling and trying to figure out why your ship isn't working or stuff like that. Can we just do a whole storyline, like a whole massive Eve online? Yeah. Like yeah. election drama kind of thing. <laughs> oh, if, I mean, so if you want political drama, uh, there are political forces at hand already that mm-hmm. we could we could tap into. Uh, but I don't think we're going to do that because we have enough political drama in our current lives. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's true. But if if people who have access to the document want to do that with their their party, it's there. <laughs> um, another game that I've been playing or trying to play, my computer can't run it, <laughs> is uh, Star Citizen. Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's the most beautiful game I've ever played. And you start as just like a pilot on a, a station mm-hmm. and there's quests and stuff, but like the, the grandness of what a galaxy like earth feels huge but earth is nothing compared to like the grandness of a, the solar system and beyond um i don't know how we're going to capture that without visuals um yeah but we're going to try i love your descriptions yeah it's like that's what i live for in video games at least being immersed in the eye candy yeah, and I, I love the descriptions you give i highly recommend people look into star citizen maybe don't buy it um I was happy to give the developers money and try to play it on my machine, uh, but it's a hefty play it boy. online when you come home. Yeah, I might need to, <laughs> but or new machine this summer. Uh, so we'll see. Those are the kind of the things that I, I I look forward to are these kind of high simulator. I know that's not for everybody, so I won't force it on you guys every minute. But I think there will be times where we're. Gonna, I I don't want every episode to be like you killing the bad guy again. And I think mm-hmm. ways to do that is like how do you how do you explore space? How do you explore a planet? Um, Icewind Dale came out, and a lot of that like your enemy was the weather for a lot of that, mm-hmm. like where you could just be climbing a mountain, all of a sudden a blizzard hits, and you're not fighting a troll, but like you're still dying. <laughs> um, I think that kind of stuff could be neat to explore as our party. Yeah, there definitely. needs to be one owl bear too, by the way. Hmm. Owlbears are cool. Just, I don't, yeah, I don't think I included those in the last campaign, did I? No, just one on a jungle planet somewhere. Yeah, kind of a, a Tomb of Annihilation type jungle. <laughs> There's dinosaurs and owlbears. <laughs> <laughs> it was stuff that I hadn't asked you to put in. Yeah. And it was like, because I've always wanted to play D&D. And sure. I've mentioned it before, like, you know, growing up, I wasn't allowed to. And then you hit a certain age. I didn't have any friends who were playing, mm-hmm. so I couldn't get into it that way. And then I was like, oh, cool. I got to fight a beholder. Yeah. I got to, what are the ones that, um, like you interacted I, met, with I got to, I got to, um, ignore a mimic. Mm-hmm. That was fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you now got to just, pull a card from the deck of many things. Uh, it's yeah. like four, four cards. From the, <laughs> some people never get to pull one. I pulled yes. like four. You, you went full hog. Yeah. <laughs> so, my uh, my buddy who DMs with one of my groups, his uh, he'll have his kid make up monsters sometimes, 
So we fought an alligator <laughs> the other nice. day, and it was this ginormous owl mixed with the alligator. It was pretty funny. And then you're but... like, while fighting the alligator, you're like, oh, yeah, this is how Avatar did their creatures. Yeah. <laughs> you're it's just like, like hey, it. you're four years old. What kind of animal should they fight? Yeah, that's something I'm I'm going to be trying to do is I got this second supplement book, uh, Arcana of the Ancients, and it's got like a dense monster section. But it's just like reskinning monsters in D&D so that you guys don't know what to expect. Even if it's just like same stats, same abilities, but like it looks different. So maybe you guys won't know what to do. And like, if you're like, what's it called? I'll just make up a name and then you'll Google it. And you'll be like, that's not a thing. (laughs) But that would be, I think, hard, uh, hard, but also interesting. It's like, we know Toral for what its creatures were, like what are on these other planets and what expanded monster manual can we kind of create should be kind of fun. Cool. I think I've ticked off all my boxes that I wanted to discuss, uh, as the DM are, are there any other boxes or things you guys want to talk about as players? Oh, there's so much I want to ask is I don't know what race or class or anything anybody is, but I'm not going to do that because that's (laughs) part of the fun of it. Yeah, as you introduce in the session one and session two, you'll experience that. It'll be fun. Touch base later, like mid, I don't know, a couple months from now, again, on what our thoughts are. So yeah, this is good for now. For sure. Yeah, and if you guys want another episode like this, let me know. Maybe mm-hmm. after we get off with Anders Ring, we can try again. I be think fun. that's a good thing for groups to do at home even, is just like touch bases to make sure everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. Cool. I think that's it then. Uh, We'll see you uh, next week, I believe, with session one. Bye. That's another episode of Dungeons & Designers. Intro music is by Mon Plaisir. Editing and animation was done by me, your friendly DM, Will. Find this and more in the description.